Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your hosts, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Another week, another episode of Dynasty Theory. Training camp has been picking up, guys. It's been picking up. The 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 conversations in the Discord and even some of the things you're seeing on Twitter, it's it's picking back up. It's not all the same stuff. And and partly because of the news that came out today, mm-hmm. some of the hype videos, conversations centered around that. So we are here to not only discuss the news and the implications and just overall thoughts, but also help you weed through the 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 blurbs. Uh, you know lots of blurbs there there were so many blurbs and and so many like especially the headlines we always say be very careful because the headlines oftentimes you read the article or the quote that it came from and you're like how did they 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 took some liberties there to change some of the wording but anyway dan what's going on buddy we we pushed the show back a little bit for you today everybody everybody okay there in the lamagna house yeah, man, we're we're just you know dealing with a little COVID protocols in in house Lamania, but navigating through. I'm excited about tonight. You know, it was one of those nights where JB you know released the show notes, and then he he messages Mitch and I and says, "Hey, I added something to the show notes." Then I finally get home from being a cheerleader, and it's like there's even more show notes. I'm like, "Wow, a lot happened tonight." So I'm excited. But JB, if you could just entertain me here, I, I want to start with another story this week. I, I'm in a story mode. Right. I know I did a story last week. I got another story here. <laughs> I was reliving my childhood this past weekend. I think it'll be a cool one for, for the historians in our chat. And there's a little bit of boxing and football here in, in one story. And, and I'll be brief. But I no, went take to... Your time. It's your world. We're just living in it, Dan. We got a lot of football to cover, but I think our listeners will like this. So when I was five years old, my dad threw me on the lap of Muhammad Ali. He was training at this local camp called Deer Lake, which you may or may not have heard of, JB. It's in Pennsylvania near Pottsville, where the the original Pottsville Maroons played football. Very controversial. 1925, they should have been Super Bowl champions. No age jokes. I was was not around there in 1925. But so I go to this Ali camp. I heard it opened up again where we're sort of past COVID, where you could go, you know, you could travel and do things again. So I go to this camp, and it was just awesome. It was all, like, redone and preserved. And the son of John Madden, Mike Madden, is the one who preserved this. Mike called his dad in California at the time. He was doing some research on Muhammad Ali, big fight fan. And while he was doing that, he kept seeing all these references from Ali's wife about Deer Lake. And he Googled it, and it was for sale at the time. And he calls his dad, John Madden, and says, Dad, what are you doing now? And his dad's like, well, I'm here right now in an interview with Troy Aikman, you know, one of your favorite Cowboys, JB. So he's in there with Troy Aikman. It was right behind you. And um, he he tells his dad the story. He's like, it's first sale. I, I, I want to preserve it. There's a lot of history here. And John Madden says, son, someone's got to do it. So you go do it. Unlimited budget. Do what you got to do. So you could go to Deer Lake. It's free, no cost, just donations only. And you get all this history of Muhammad Ali, all these places where he lived and trained. It was, it was beautiful. So I would just recommend people. It's called Fighters Heaven. Google it. Mike Madden, the son of John's the owner, and uh, it's pretty awesome. So that's my little history story for everybody. I can tell you, Dan, your stories have been taking taking the world by storm. <laughs> every every everybody's talking about ink pens now. Every I'm bringing I, them back, man. I that looked is- up the stock price of Bic, and it's just through the roof right now. 
You can buy a Dynasty Theory ink pen in our store, right? We, we haven't talked about our store in a while. There, there's some the DT merch there. I'm sure you could buy an ink pen. I'm going to have to pull it up while while we introduce this next fella. And you all know him. Mitch Sorensen. What's up, Mitch? I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, the DT store. I actually need to go on there and get some shirts because Canton's coming up. And I think I only have like one or two Theory shirts, so I need to get a few more for the trip. Yeah, I, I got I to gotta figure that out. Uh, what is that? A little over two weeks. Yep. If if you are in Canton for the expo, we're going to be there uh, Friday to Monday. And I know Dan has a lot of fun things lined up. He's he's emceeing the DFS conversation, I believe. Mitch and I, we are emceeing uh, every shot that Canton yes. will have available. Happy hours. <laughs> so uh, hit us up on, on Twitter. We'd love to hang out, grab a drink, shoot the crap with all of you people that are going to be out there it's gonna be a lot of fun all right training camp a lot has happened since we last recorded right and before we get into the news and i kind of have it broken down by position i want i want your input guys and mitch i'll give you another second just because all right just make sure you're you're there good but dan i what so far what is your favorite blurb that you've seen it could be for comical purposes it could just oh my god that's outrageous what's your favorite thing you've seen so far on the twitter streets yeah i think mitch warned everybody last week you know don't overreact to the to the camp hype and so forth and you know you put it on the show notes i'm trying to remember like like we have shared so much on our discord that's just been just ridiculous you know wild so i'm sure i'm forgetting one that's better than i have but two things that just stood out there's a lot of like captain obvious camp stuff where you know Jameis Winston's going to pass attempts are expected to rise. No crap. You know, to Tyson, Taysom Hill's not a quarterback anymore. Mike Thomas is back. Olavi's there. They invested the pass game. That's not a report. But, you know, anything related to Sam Darnold being the starting quarterback in Carolina for me is just outrageous because it's not going to happen. I, I To this day, I'm they brought Baker in for a reason. I'm not falling for that trap. They're keeping morale up. They want to be have a competitive, good camp. And, you know, hey, we're, keep morale up and everybody happy. But that's just an outrageous report. Baker Mayfield will be the starter day one. If if you could get absolutely anything for Sam Darnold, get rid of him, please. Yeah, they keep saying, and, and Matt Rule, he he's he's awful. He's atrocious. He they, they're you you guys all make fun of me in the Discord and in the Patreon because oftentimes I am Switzerland, right? I, I I like to play both sides a little bit, if you will. And I feel like that is what he is doing time and time again. Take a stand. I, I know, I know from a coaching standpoint, you gotta, you gotta, I don't even want to say be politically correct, but in the realm of, of the football world, you kind of have to, and I get it to an extent, but come on. And now they're coming out saying that they've talked to Matt Corral and oh, he's the future of this team. Well, then why'd you bring in Baker? Just just ride it out with Sam Darnold this year and then throw the reins over to me, uh, Matt Corral, and and let me be the future. It just doesn't make sense. Anyway, so uh, I think the 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 stories developing in in Carolina is gonna be interesting. Dan has planted his flag, he's planted it for a few weeks now. Mm-hmm. And it's firmly in there with Baker Mayfield starting week one for Carolina. Mitch, your favorite blurb that you've seen? Okay, so I decided to go with not really just an individual blurb, how different team reporters react to things. So uh, just like Wes brought up in the chat. So you have a team like the Giants. 
the beat reporters just hate the Giants. Like they don't say anything nice ever about anything nice to do with the Giants. The Buffalo Bills reporters, on the other hand, every single player is going to be good. In one day, we had Zach Moss is looking great. And they brought up, um, uh, who's the new rookie there? I can't. Shakir? Uh, Shakir's good. And then James Cook. Yeah, James Cook. And then someone went, well, what about Singletary? They're like, oh, yeah, he's getting all the first string snaps. So he's looking good, too. And And, Isaiah McKenzie's going to be a force. Yeah, exactly. And it's like every single player in Buffalo is going to be amazing. And then everyone's like, what about Jamison Crowder? Why isn't Jamison Crowder starting? And it's like he's been injured for two days, but he'll be back soon. So it's like, did you did you notice how in all the blurbs and all the reports from day Mm -hmm. one, Jameson Crowder, like him missing practice was not mentioned. Yeah, not at all. It was just, uh, uh, it seems like I'm, Isaiah McKenzie may have be the front runner for the exactly. slot rule there in in Buffalo. Okay, well, why has he been getting those reps? It, it is interesting to see how some of these reports, and it wasn't just one reporter in Buffalo. No, it was the whole team. Yeah. It, but it's just so much excitement there. Uh, let's see here. Some comments in the chat. Kev second round running back single Terry getting most of the first team. That's the only story. Uh, Mr. Jonathan Hall Fournette can drop weight better than anyone. I know he's down to two forty five. He, he lost what? 22 pounds in two weeks. It's pretty good. <laughs> wow. I need that diet. Uh, you stole mine. Essentially, Mitch, you stole mine. It's uh, just the in Buffalo. Yeah. Just everybody is, you know, we all know that every player is in the best shape of their life. I just said, yep. I I think ETN, same thing. So exactly. So digging through the hype and the reports and the blurbs from these beat reporters, I think it's important to to pay attention to it because one, I do think it drives home the the value in your leagues with some managers. We all have those league mates that if they see a positive blurb, they're shopping a player if they have them on the roster and then you start to get offers for players just to see where you are. Well, I saw the same report too, and we all have those league mates, but then also if you're seeing negative blurbs over and over and over again, that is a concern because rarely do you see negative blurbs about players in training camp, you know? So, uh, John in the the chat holler John I I know who you are I know come <laughs> on man uh, so anything else any other blurbs any other thing that really caught your eye in the <laughs> listen I'm gonna I'm gonna mention it once but in the Patreon every single day I put out the Dynasty Theory daily and it's basically two columns uh, it's a newsletter essentially but it's different news that's been coming out actual news and then just different hype pieces and in blurbs and I, I you know i i think i'm so clever i think i'm the most clever person alive so some of the things i say in there i get a chuckle and i'm pretty sure everybody just glosses over it but there's some there's some humor in there as well but i, I do encourage everybody to check out five bucks a month for uh tier one ten bucks for tier two and we include a lot more information and, and data there so come check it out all right guys quarterbacks there was some quarterback news yep and Dan, I want your opinion on this as the coach, coach Dan, you're running an organization. You're giving Kyler Murray the, the extension through 2028. You're giving him $160 million guaranteed. You're also putting a provision in there that says you got to study. 
<laughs> you, you, you can't play baseball. Like these are actually in the contract. What, what is, how does this reflect on the organization and on Kyler Murray that they felt the need to put it in there? Uh, you know, just the fact that they paid, and I have some strong feelings about the Kyler Murray investment here. The fact that they I, I paid $160 million, I think there should be provisions in there because I truly well, it, believe it, And that's only the overpaid. guaranteed portion. That's only the guaranteed portion. Truly believe he is overpaid, but I think the Cardinals have themselves in a situation. Like, he's an athletic freak. You know, the guy's got skills. He, he's gifted. There's no doubt about that. But when it comes to being a very good NFL quarterback or having leadership skills, you know, and in our world of fantasy football, we see that dwindled in the second half when the struggles come and his body language just that looks absolutely terrible where I can't even enjoy watching him play. Man, that's a lot of money to give a guy that hasn't proven anything yet. So I would have some provisions in there, too. That's them saying, hey, we need to feel our, good ourselves about making this investment because we know we just overpaid for this guy. So he's going to hit the books or we're getting this money back somehow. Like somehow they're protecting their investment there. But to your point, JB, that doesn't really send a great message. Like if I'm Kyler Murray, like I, I, what do I say to that right now? I mean, we'll see how they do some damage tr control for the like embarrassment that's there. Um, the Cardinals definitely have some red flags in that organization. And that O-line's a little bit shaky, guys. You know, you have New Hopkins out. The O-line's a little shaky. This, this, Who knows how this is going to go? Hollywood Brown, some hammy issues. I, We're going to talk about the pup stuff later. But, like, Mitch, what would you do if I said, listen, guys, <laughs> the Dynasty Theory team is here. Yep. But yep. in your contract, Mitch, I need access to your screen for a couple hours a night. Make sure that you're putting the work in. Like, I need to sit there and hold your hand? That's what essentially is going on. Pretty much. It's funny. Wes in the chat is, like, bringing up all the points I want to, like, 10 seconds before I do. But the best part about all of this is his <laughs> fantasy points go down when the annual release of Call of Duty comes out. I Someone tweeted it out. That is not my original thought. Someone found that on Twitter. I can't remember who did it. Someone posted it in the Discord. But there has to be something going on with that, right? Why would the Cardinals be like, you really need to have five hours worth of study a week without a video game on and the television on. You know, maybe this is in every quarterback contract and we just don't know about it. I just don't think that's really true. I don't think the Packers are going up to Aaron Rodgers and being like, look, I don't want you playing Candy Crush on your phone while you're studying, right? Like, I don't want that happening. It's, dude, it's worth they don't have to hold his hand though. Yeah. Like, and I think normally in business or in our workplace, when you have to hold someone's hand, you got the wrong person in the wrong seat. Mm -hmm. So that, that, that is a red flag to, to a degree, but I mean, we saw in our discord today too. I think one of the comments was, Hey, it's a, that's a boost for Kyler Murray's value. We do have stability. certainty that, you know, stability that we know we do crave in the, in our super flex league. So that, that is a positive. So here, I, here's the positive. You can trade him now. You can move him. So, as we go on to the second topic in the quarterback room, guess what? That's right. Murray for Lance. Get anything added on with Lance, do that trade today. Because I guarantee, my one guarantee for this year, Trey Lance will be worth more than Kyler Murray in what's, it's almost August within two months. And I believe you and I said that in a previous episode of we Dynasty did. Theory, we Mitch. Like, like we, uh, John gave one of our and/or situations or scenarios, and, and, yep. and I know I said Lance will be better than Murray in time here. So, Mitch, you're feeling it, man. I like that. Yep. And listen, now you're using it as confirmation bias, 
if this was not in that contract, we would you wouldn't be bringing it up right now. But that's what's going to happen. No, well, we but brought it up pretty... in the past, though, to our defense. Like this isn't just you know Mitch and I going Lance over Murray today after that you know provision in a contract. We've been here before. This is just I think reaffirming it, JB. Reaffirming it. It's called confirmation bias. <laughs> I like heavily... reaffirming. Reva reaffirming is a lot better. You you yeah. are heavily addicted. But yeah, could you imagine? And especially in the position of quarterback. Like I could, you know, Ju- Juju's next contract, uh, we, no TikToks like that. You're signing up, no TikToks. Like I just, the leader of your organization, the leader of your franchise. And then Cliff Kingsbury, we talked about the extension that he got a couple months ago, but like your job is eventually is going to be on the line and it goes hand in hand with the way your quarterback and your team perform, obviously mm-hmm. just, I don't know. Like from a fantasy standpoint, for me, it doesn't change anything because if you like we've talked about with like Lamar Jackson, if Kyler Murray d- did not start in Arizona, if he didn't get extended, he was going to start somewhere. Right. In, in, in my opinion, I think a lot of people yep. feel that way, whether or not you think he's mature enough. I clearly he isn't if that has to be in the contract, but hopefully it provides that safeguard and we can see that sustained production from the beginning of the season beyond the point of when call of duty is released each year. Are you willing to pay up for him in the leagues then? Well, the, uh, there's a specific league. You asked me, that, that's a loaded question. I'm not, I'm not asking you about that specific league. I am asking you are the guy who wants to piece down all the time. All the you time. have Kyler. You want to break him up. Are you willing to pay up for Kyler then? Yeah. If, if he is priced, is, is he priced at his the price same? right now? Right. Same thing. He was yesterday. Maybe you have a little bit more value now because, well, two days ago, sorry, before he got this contract, exact same value. You feel more secure in it because he got that contract. Are you trading uh, up for him? I will pay the price that I believe is fair if in that specific league, my team situation can allow for that. Okay. So there's an asterisk there, but like, like there's a league just for everybody's benefit. There's a 14 team league. We just drafted. My team is certainly not focused on the immediate future or the 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 present or yeah, immediate future. And Mitch posts in the Discord how many firsts <laughs> need added to Daniel Jones because I have Daniel Jones. I took him a little bit later, and a lot of people said basically just get rid of Daniel Jones. Let's just go with the first. Well, I'm not in a position to make that move there. Okay, okay. I was just wondering. I know, thought it was fair. Uh, but no, I, I, I've been an advocate of throughout the entire offseason of looking to get those that tier of quarterback. You know, we certainly look at Allen Herbert and Mahomes. They're a step above everybody else. But then once you get beyond them, the guy that I've been targeting is Dan's man, but also my man, Dak Prescott, because of the price and believe the stability that he he comes with. But like we have a comment in the chat from Kev. Some people prefer Kyler to Lamar. If I could get anything added to Lamar, sign me up for that too. Uh, just give me Lamar. Take Kyler. See, well, I think I'm going to be frustrated with Kyler on my roster because the expectations is he's in that elite class. And I don't think he's going to play at an elite level unless he's, you know, those games where he's playing the sisters of the poor defense. And again, if I'm the Cardinals, I am going to make that investment because as a coach, I see he's got incredible athleticism. There's things I could do in that playbook with Kyler Murray. But when you play those smart defenses, those real good defenses, 
push comes to shove, like there's nothing worse than watching a Cardinals game and watching his body language on the sidelines. You know, it, it, it'd be like me pouting here the whole show. JJB would boot me off at some point. Like I, I can't watch that body language. You watch Lamar play. Yeah, he's had some struggles from time to time, you know, with accuracy and certain things. But the dude's competing. You know, he's competing and trying to get better. And I think the Ravens are one of the better organizations in the National Football League. They're going to build around him wisely. I don't have that same confidence in the Cardinals. Dan, if you had poor body language, I wouldn't beat you off because in my mind, that that means what, boot? Are you laughing the way I said boot? You spoke so fast. I think that might have came out funny, but that's okay. Let's roll boot, with it. I, I wouldn't, don't, don't I wouldn't boot me off. I wouldn't boot you off. What did it sound like? This is a PG rated show, John. We we need to we need to go with boot. Oh, I whatever whatever <laughs> you heard, I swear, boot, boot, boot. <laughs> <laughs> well uh, okay kev no b- boot you off i come on let's go mitch, to the bloopers eye, reel. mitch's eyes got so big <laughs> i assure you boot well i wouldn't boot you off because most likely it's because you're frazzled and you're in the corner because i've been throwing haymaker after haymaker good point good point good point so I keep you around because I feel good about myself. Anyway, let's keep it PG. Holy cow. Uh, so Kyler Murray, I, I think that's a, a good stopping point there. Uh, Joe Burrow has his appendix removed. No, you, hey, you think someone would trade us, Burrow? You know, the, the, is there anyone vulnerable right now that wants to trade us, Joe Burrow? Uh, the, I will the... say, as a physical specimen, I had my appendix removed seven months oh, ago. My stomach still hurts a little bit when I touch it. Like, oh man, well, I, it's we a go. little tender still. There's probably a difference between your stomach and Joe Burrow's. A little, just, just a little. I, I don't know. I and mean, that's no knock on you, Mitch. You're, I get you're it. pivotal I get to the it. state of Utah. I am. I am. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm dying at these comments in the chat. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, you, you have one slip up, you know, and it wasn't even a slip up. Wasn't even a slip up. Uh, but anyway, Joe Burrow, the appendix, uh, I, he's going to miss a few practices. I just wanted to let everybody know the news if they haven't heard it. All right, Mitch, in all your glory, okay. the 49ers are moving forward officially with Trey Lance. Uh, there are a lot of statements from Shanahan today in the press conference. I believe one of the blurbs he said if Jimmy Garoppolo was healthy throughout the offseason, he would have we would have been able to trade him already. Mm-hmm. Um, Freudian slip. Get out of here, Thomas. Uh, so 49ers moving forward with Trey Lance. You feel pretty darn good here. I I think it's funny that they had actually come out and say it because I thought it's been obvious for like three I, months now. Like that goes with outrageous stories. Yeah, I, this is a yeah, this is anything it's like what you're saying, John. Uh, I'm just saying that like it, this has been obvious for months. And if you didn't really see it, it's probably because you weren't paying too much attention to what the 49ers were actually doing. Oh no, but man, <laughs> this chat tonight—that's great. <laughs> um, but so going forward with Lance, I mean, I think the biggest issue is the receivers in the room and the amount of times they're actually going to pass. Uh, these two are dying. Like, <laughs> I can't read the chat because there isn't going to be a show anymore. John's over talking about like I. It's rough. Like, if you guys want to see some <laughs> Dan's wiping his face oh off. Oh, my God. Flag. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're good. You're good. I, all I'm saying oh, is man. Trey Lance officially being named, hey, we're going forward with him. You do have to worry about Ayuk. You have to worry about Debo, and you have to worry about Kittle because the passing attempts are going to go down in that offense. How far down? Maybe not a ton, but they are going to go down to enough to where I think one of them 
probably isn't going to contribute in the way that they're drafted. And so selecting the one that does hit is going to be awesome. I just worry if the passing volume is going to be there. We know Kittle is like a dude who doesn't get a lot of touchdowns. What if he doesn't get all the volume that he used to and he still doesn't get the touchdowns? Who's going to be hurt the most here? George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. And, and let me say, I think hurt Ayuk, the most compared to, to their cost. Yeah, I'd say Ayuk because I think Debo is still going to get – I know they don't want to use him a ton as a running back, but I think he's still going to get work. Kittle is still the best tight end in the NFL. He might not be the best fantasy tight end. Right, I was just going to say. He's the best tight end in the NFL. Ayuk, I can see just being a good wide receiver on a team that's not going to be able to utilize him the way that they should. Ultimately, maybe like a lower end wide receiver three on a per game basis. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. With upside, though, I think yeah. you're going to get a lot of efficiency in that offense and you're going to get some flash games. And I think Lance will gradually continue to improve. So I'd be patient, though. I wouldn't like, you know, if it kind of starts out as Mitch describes, I'd be patient. I think those guys will continue to rise over time. Kev says in the chat, it cost, honestly, all three of them seem fair. I'm interested to see, because we always talk about it with the running quarterbacks, right? The way it impacts the, the running game. And there were already concerns with Elijah Mitchell in general because of the way the backfield is used historically with Kyle Shanahan and the way that, you know, Jeff Wilson, he's going to be that number two. If these guys all remain healthy, what does that look like? Trey Sermon, he is yoked. <laughs> He's Did you see? Yoked he right. is yoked. Come on. So, like all these positive things, in, in one way, one point or another, it has to impact that running game. And we'll be interested from a, a rushing upside perspective. And then the way that the offense they they work the ball in the air through the running game, through the running back. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh so we talked about Kyler Murray, Trey Lance, Joe Burrow. Is your specific value, Dan, on any of those three quarterbacks changing at all? No, they're, I mean, they're, what we read in the last week is where I was in my rankings with them before. You know my feelings on Kyler. We went over at the beginning. Um, I'm very optimistic on Lance. I, I think it's nonsense that, you know, this story even needed to come out and is a story. I mean, he was right. the number three overall pick in the draft last year. What, what did we realistically think the Niners were going to do? Yeah, I think we talked a couple weeks ago, too, on the show. You know, Jerry Rice gave that glowing endorse, uh, endorsement of Lance. So just hearing good things. I, I think he's going to be absolutely fine. And Joe Burrow, just once those stitches come out, he's going to be fine. All right transitioning to the running backs we just talked about the running game uh oh my gosh guys chris carson retires heavy yeah. hard that sucks. listen i we all kind of thought something either he was going to retire or mm-hmm. he wasn't going to be cleared and he was going to be cut but just a player that i i still have so many shares so it's going to kill me to have to cut him but a, a player that just outperformed his draft capital getting the additional contracts beyond that, the rookie deal. And then, and maybe you guys have more information. I'm just kind of throwing this out there from memory, but it sounds like the way Seattle did it, Chris Carson's still going to get like his his salary. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they've always been a really classy organization that way. 
But like that's the kind of thing that you have to think like free agents when they look at that yep. or, you know, rookies coming in, they get excited, I'm sure. But hey, th- th- this is a team that they take care of their guys. Yep. And I mean, I pour one out for Chris Carson. What is he? 27 years old. I thought he, if that neck yeah. could have held up, it could have held he- up. You know it's a serious injury because the guy's a freak. He's still in, in incredible shape. Oh, he's an animal. T- talented back. And it's, you know, if you're a true fan of the, the game of football, you love watching Chris Carson run, you know. So, you know, it, it hurts JB too, you know. That that Alvin Kamara trade's were looking worse by the day that I made with JB years ago. Ooh. I went all in on a playoff run and Kamara was slumping and I took Chris Carson who was hot and Mark Ingram who had a nice role. Oh, that was the worst dynasty trade I probably ever made. <laughs> Man, was that like three years ago at this point? It was, that was a while yeah. ago. Uh, that's all right, because I think that was the league that I gave you Kyle Pitts for peanuts. So, so uh, you, you, I think you Dan wanna... traded me Pitts immediately afterwards, too. Probably for peanuts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the Saints signed Malcolm Brown. There were reports that, sorry, Mitch, you look you look confused. I'm skipping around you're a good. little bit. You're good. You're, skipping, good. you're like, whoa, JB, that wasn't the next stop. But Saints signed Malcolm Brown. There was the report. Oh, and really quick, because there's a comment from Kev, but Holy is Penny of value right now. I don't know if it necessarily changes things for Penny or Walker, because, again, it was kind of expected that something was going to happen here. But it is nice to have that clarity, that closure. Okay, we now know it is going to be Penny and Walker uh, with with Carson not stealing anything there. I think we had him slated and I have to double check like an eight percent rushing market share. But now, again, we have closure and we can finally move on. But, okay, back to the Saints. There were reports that they were potentially looking at a trade for a running back. And we talked about guys in New England. We talked about who who was the other guy? Oh, Dearness Johnson popped oh, up. Yeah. Everyone loves him. It's like the weirdest topic in the Discord. He looks like, good, man, really when, when he's had him. his chances. He does look good. Uh, he he really checks a lot of boxes. You look at the the force missed tackles and all that good stuff. And you watch the film, guys. Just yeah, watch I mean, when those third string running backs come in. Yeah, all right, awesome. but Dan, let me let me throw a few questions at you here, and you can answer all of them, one of them, or you can just say pass, and we can just wrap the show up. But for the Saints, they signed Malcolm Brown. Is there any value there for Malcolm Brown himself? Is there anything with that signing that says, okay, they are no longer pursuing a trade for a running back? Or does this give us any thoughts on Alvin Kamara, which now sounds like he might not even get suspended at all, at least this season? Uh, Tony Jones, Abram Smith. What does the signing tell you? It's a little bit of all that. You know, I think as far as Malcolm Brown's value, I would call him, you know, we've turned, we've, I think you coined this in the past, like ocean bottom players. Like, I think he goes on the ocean bottom radar, you know, deep league or just last guy on the roster. You need a running back. You're looking to handcuff Camara, maybe, which is, you know, some of those Saints options. Um, what it tells me, I, I'm not really worried about anything with Camara. You know, you know, maybe there's still a chance at a suspension. Who knows? Um, we know they don't want to, he's not a bell cow back. So they get some other guys involved. I like Mark Ingram. I think he's their number two this season. You know, obviously there's only so how much. Did I, how did I forget Ingram was still? Oh my God. Yeah, there's only yeah, so much clear. tread on the tires. You know, this might tell me a little bit more about, you know, just their overall depth. You know, we saw some reports coming out. We're all looking for that next rookie sleeper. Abraham Smith was kind of, you know, all those rookie whispers were creeping up this week. I'm, I'm, I'm a little less, you know, enticed about Abraham Smith with, you know, Ingram, a- is, Ingram is a number Abram. two. 
Ingram is number two, and Malcolm Brown is probably going to be there three. Tony Jones is beyond the ocean bottom, so not much, JB. I mean, it just yeah. depends how you want to play your Saints players on your bottom of your roster. Yeah, I really think the only thing that matters here is JB can finally dro- drop Tony Jones off of every <laughs> single roster, all of them, because I think he had him on 80%. I was pushing 50% after one waiver wire spending spree. Uh, Corey Clement signed by the Ravens. Is, is this just a camp signing? Yeah. I mean, Gus, Gus Edwards is questionable already for week one. Uh-oh. J.K. Dobbins was put on the pup, even though he insisted that he uh, was not good on the pup. I don't want Corey Clement on my fantasy rosters, unless it's like a 16-team league maybe, Okay. I watched him for the Cowboys last year, so I have a little bit stronger opinion on him. I do believe he's going to play special teams. He's a very good special teams player. He probably falls in that like Brandon Bolden type role where he's going to be there for special teams. And we're seeing all these injuries. Like when he ran the ball for Dallas last year, he looked good. And it's kind of the weird thing from, you know, I guess maybe the difference between coaching and fantasy football. Like he's a good football player, but we know in fantasy and when it becomes, when it, really comes down to getting volume over an expended extended period of time. If you don't have that pedigree, if you weren't a top draft pick, if you're, if the team doesn't have the dollars invested in you, it's just a cup of tea here. So I think he, you know, he's going to have a place on that team this year, you know, not saying he can't get cut. If all of a sudden all those running backs, they have get healthy, but we'll see. This is another situation more or less. I was just looking at it from what does this tell us about the rest of the backfield? And I, this kind of leads me into, so James Robinson avoids the pup list. We'll get to him in a second. CEH was put on the pup list today, mm-hmm. but remember, and I'm not a CEH guy necessarily, but I am a JK Dobbins guy and everybody j- j- I, blowing it out of proportion. The pup list. This is not the, okay, you're on the pup four weeks. Th- they could be brought back tomorrow. So just remember there is there there is a difference between the training camp pup list when you're just making roster spots doing things and being put on that pup list whenever the season starts and I've said pup a lot. You have <laughs> Does it worry you that James Robinson was able to avoid it completely though and someone like Dobbins is still kind of fighting to get back after a full year? No because one I want to confirm my priors, but two, uh, with like it goes back to the the way pe- these teams are maneuvering around their rosters. Maybe it is just to bring another body in that they they don't want to rush Dobbins back. Um, for Robinson, I I I think it's fantastic news. I really like like I felt I felt for him because he was what an undrafted free agent mm-hmm. comes in a three-year deal this is the last year of that rookie deal so it's not like you get drafted in whatever round and you have the four years he only has three years so if he were to miss significant time this year that could potentially cripple him longer term but he avoids the pup list and i think there is a solid value here but what what are your thoughts mitch on with james robinson travis Etienne, like I don't think things are any more clear now than they were this point last year, especially because of the injuries. Before Mitch answers you, you know he was just ribbing you, trying to get a rise out of you with Dobbins there. Even though oh, you're now, we both enjoyed your analysis, but you oh, know, know he was ribbing you. Okay, just check. I know. 
Yeah, no, that was good. That, that, we that have a lot really to get through. I got to stay stuff. calm for it a little bit. It was good. But I think we all knew at some point James Robson was going to come back early in the year. And so I think the biggest battle with ETN for him is, is ETN going to get goal line carries? We don't know. We're all assuming that James Robinson is going to get those. But we've already seen a new coaching staff come in once and kind of take James Robinson off the field. I mean, Urban Meyer's like the biggest moron in like NFL coaching history that I can remember. But he still took James Robinson off the field, right? I think Doug Peterson is going to use the running backs a little bit more interchangeably. So maybe it's not immediately take ETN off the field if they get close. Maybe it's more they get certain series, right? And maybe they're more 1A and 1B and not so much as ETN's going to be between the 20s and James Robinson's going to get everything from the 20 to the red zone. Jonathan Taylor had eight more carries inside the five by himself than the Jaguars did as a team last year. Insane. Like, and a lot of it, we we always talk about like the red zone upside, right? And if this team is able to move the ball a little bit more, obviously that bodes well for James Robinson. He was actually towards the top. He was at a 56% rushing market share inside the five. You would expect that to continue like Mitch just said, but now we're seeing Travis Etienne coming out saying, I want to be used everywhere. I want to line up out wide. I want to line up in the slot. And he was used uh, not necessarily that way in college, but they were able to do some things with him. And it's funny because one of the things that I remember seeing was the way he was able to, to run the wheel routes and really make himself available out in the, in the, the field. And he said specifically like not just running wheel routes. So he goes from not, you know, being afraid of the ball Mm -hmm. a couple years ago to now demanding, I want to line up wide. So uh, Dan, how do you think this backfield plays out? Because it is one of the more intriguing running back backfields. I and mean, we talked about San Francisco, but I think Jacksonville, it's got to be up there. Yeah. You know, I, I love the direction of this, this team now that they got some competent coaching. I think they fall into that group of most NFL teams utilize and deploy two running backs very well. And there's enough volume to go around for these two guys. I love the reports of ETN in the passing game. We know what James Robinson could do. I think they got a great one-two punch. You know, I I think it cools the Snoop Connor hype down a little bit for a while. You know, we hear a lot of those Snoop reports as everyone's, you know, wondering what's happening with James Robinson. So uh, that's all. I I like ETN long-term. I think Robinson still has a a role and a place on our rosters. I have so much Snoop because he was a a fourth, fifth-round dart throw. And I kept saying, well, let's see what happens with James Robinson and Travis Etienne. And if there's any negative blurbs, we could see a Snoop value spike. Now we're at the point, especially if it's a 26, 28 uh, player roster, he might be a guy to go. And it's never easy to tell one of these guys, hey, you're hitting the waiver wire, buddy. So it's a really unfortunate conversation. Mitch, in our projections, and we're still tinkering and doing some things we have james robinson uh 9.3 ppr points per game we have travis Etienne at 14.61 do you think that's fair do you think it's tweaked those catches i mean they just you know move people up and i think etn's the guy that's (laughs) yeah i didn't i didn't word that all that well but you know what i was going for there i was looking for props it's just 
prop was not coming to my mind at that point. But no, I think ETN's definitely. I mean, if there's an over under bet, if I could do five points over under James Robinson, I'm going to take it. It sounds like an accident. That projection would match my rankings of where I have them. And ETN's going to take some to the house, too. Like, that's another thing. He, yes. You give him some open space, he's going. So I think he could have some nice splash games. Yeah, it's one of the more intriguing backfields here. Uh, another intriguing backfield, at least in my opinion, Raheem Mostert has been medically Meh. cleared. I I give really am. Listen, I keep saying I'm excited to see what happens with Chase Edmonds. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is for selfish reasons because I have him on so many rosters. But, like, Mostert, it's, it's never a matter of talent, I feel like. Like, he's, what, 30 years old at this point or going to turn 30, but he always has, like, one of those big games. He, the dude just can't stay healthy. Yep. So if if you have most of my actionable takeaway here, get him off your roster for anything you can. If there's a team that is that you've dealt with and in trade discussions, they always say, like, oh, I can't move a running back because I'm light at running back. Keep that in the back of your mind. Okay. Maybe I can unload Moster for anything. I, I would take a I, I would take a fourth. This is where I would I would you know tip my cap to you, JB, and say analytics over film. You know, Moster's probably definitely on my watch the film list of guys that man, like previous years, really thought he was going to be a sleeper. I mean, he was explosive and strong and looks good, and um, it's just not there in fantasy. He can't stay healthy. He's at that age thirty point. Again, now, if he could turn a year where he could stay healthy, maybe there's a little bit good football in him. This situation, the latest news falls in that classification, kind of from the last show, is we, we broke down a lot of different camp battles that we were watching and we wanted more news on. This would be like the one set of news maybe week one where it's like, okay, I got a little clearer vision maybe of what they're doing in Miami now. Chase is going to be the guy, get 60% of the carries. Most it will be next, but Sony's going to dip into him a little bit. We heard no mention of Miles Gaskin, so I, I, I'm – I'm you know, thinking he's toast, at least for right now, unless there was an injury. Um, so so we got a little bit of a better idea. You know, I might have moved Mostert up two, three spots in my rankings just because I know he's healthy. And he's very low in them. But, again, it's at least we know he's in the mix. Mitch, we have a question. Cost to acquire mm-hmm. Robinson. Are we buying low? Looking I, at – oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think it's going to cost a second to get him, and I'm just not paying a second for a back like him. I just yeah. – as much as you could probably use him during the season, there's probably someone off the waivers you could use for one or two weeks if you have to, and you're not having to give up a second for him. Cross-positionally, and this is a trade that was completed, oh man, almost two months ago now, looking at the date here, it was James Robinson for Adam Thielen, and I have them in the same tier, honestly. Yeah, I take Thielen, just because you're going to get could- points each week. But you all, everybody knows how how the running back landscape is, and if James Robinson, not only if he were to do well this season, but let's say Travis Etienne ever were to have a setback, James Robinson finds a new home next year. Maybe not necessarily as a bell cow because I doubt that's going to happen. But on the right side of a fifty fifty split for Adam Thielen, who's thirty one years old. Yeah, at best he's valued where Chase Edmonds is now. Like at best, and I don't even think he'd be that high to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm with Mitch there. I have them in the I same take, tier. I take Thielen as well. Now, I get your point, JB. You know, hey, running back needy. If I'm you're really running back needy, you can make that case. But he's more of just a productive, almost handcuff. Like, I really you think ETN's the guy. And I think Minnesota could be in for a good year. So uh, I'd be encouraged with Thielen right now. Um, 
we we haven't seen a lot of trades here involving James Robinson. No. <laughs> no. And I think it always comes down to a player like this. He is probably seen as a higher value piece to the person that has him than what somebody's willing to pay. I'm not saying he is a higher value piece, but compare the buy versus sell comparison. I don't think they necessarily line up. Kev says, we're not talking about J Rob a year from now. Like we're not talking. Okay. I see how you're saying that. Okay. I got Philip, I, I got Philip Lindsay in a deep league, Kevin. Easy now. Easy well, now. So he says, we're not talking about J Rob a year from now. Like we're not talking about Philip Lindsay now. Okay. I was reading that a different way initially. And like the, the <laughs> emphasis was on the wrong syllable. I get uh, it. I get it. Ah, uh, yeah, Philip Lindsay, man. There's two super productive years, really fantasy relevant, and then poof, poof. Yep. Uh, but, but again, that that is why it, the the Thielen and James Robinson one. I can see why you'd want Thielen. That's fine. That's fine. But it's an asset that if you miss on that trade, it's not going to kill you because you're losing Adam Thielen, who is going to be a 32 year old wide receiver who's been injured each of the last few seasons, who is extremely touchdown dependent, even though that touchdown rate doesn't seem to be coming down anytime soon. Uh, I, I like Adam Thielen a lot, but that's the type of move. Like I'm not saying go out and offer uh, uh, Jahan Dotson for James Robinson, even though Kev, I know you, man, you'd probably prefer Adam Thielen to Dotson. That's fine. That's fine. Get You want your production. I get it. I get it. Um, all right, so the James Robinson, we talked about CEH. Wide receivers, Chris Godwin, cleared for camp, could potentially awesome. be ready for week one. Give me some of whatever he's having. And I hope we don't get a report over the next few weeks. Chris Godwin, six-game suspension. Oh, oh Lord. No, I don't think that's going to was. This offense is tough now. I think it's really, really hard to break down where the passes are going to go. You have Rudolph who just signed. Oh, and then um, the, the the big breaking news. Throw it at us, Mitch. Julio Jones. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, there's no break, breaking news. Should have yeah. led with that yeah. for the Tampa Bay discussion. But Julio but, Jones, Tampa but, Bay, one-year deal. All right, Mitch. Yeah, so what do you do with the targets there? I mean, Evans is probably going to get his, so you give him like 18 or 19%. Godwin's probably around there. They gave Russell Gage a whole bunch of money, so you assume he's going to get targets. Then Julio comes in, who's going to demand targets, because, I mean, he's Julio Jones. And then you have Kyle Rudolph, and Brady likes throwing to the backs as well. So what do you do with Leonard Fournette and White there? it's This offense is going to look really good i think nfl wise makes me like brady especially in like redraft and dfs this year i have no idea which one of these wide receivers i want to play each week and that's for me that's the hardest thing with setting lineups i could tell you which running backs i think are going to be good each week and i'll live with it if they're not because i'm like well you know going into this week i thought it was the case wide receivers i don't know who i'm going to start in the buccaneers every week how many weeks is Mike Evans going to get the one catch for two yards, but he gets a touchdown out of it? I just, this offense is rough. I mean, honestly, if I have Mike Evans, if I have Chris Godwin and they are active, I'm most likely playing them. Unless it's a situation yeah. that I, I have a lot of wide receiver talent. Uh, 
you know, something, maybe they're coming back from a hamstring or something, but most likely nine out of 10 times I'm playing them. The way we have those targets distributed right now, before I turn it over to Dan, we kind of have that cluster. And like you said, Mitch Evans, 17, 18% target share, Chris Godwin. Right now we have a missing two games with, you know, the, the good reports, but we have pretty much every receiver at least missing one game. Mm-hmm. And we have him right under 18%. The interesting dynamic is going to be what Julio Jones, what does he demand? Because last year, so looking at it, I got to throw some numbers at you guys. Earlier today, I was looking at his targets per route run. So when he's actually on the field, whenever he is actually running a route, last year, he was right over 18%. Two years ago, he was at 22%. And oftentimes, the yards per route run and the targets per route run, they are inflated slightly for players that run primarily out of two wide receiver sets. And Tennessee ran out of 11 personnel, uh, ninth fewest, and Tampa Bay, they're over 70%. They're, they're towards the top. So I, I had a, a joking tweet just to kind of troll people, and I said last year Julio Jones was fighting for targets with Chester Rogers, Nick Westbrook, and Jeff Swaim. And this year he steps into Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Russell Gage, the backs there, uh, how's Kyle, Kyle Rudolph utilized. But, and, and people were saying, sorry, as you can tell, I have a lot I want to say about Julio Jones. I, I knew we were going to see it in the chat. We were going to see it somewhere. Well, Antonio Brown, he was really revitalized there in Tampa Bay. Say what you want about Antonio Brown off the field and what's going on between his ears. When he steps on that field, he is still an elite talent uh targets per route run last year he was at 31 percent. that led the nfl again antonio brown in a lot of three wide receiver sets with chris godwin and mike evans 31 and we're talking about julio jones who was at 18 percent in a tennessee offense with basically aj brown so i have my question marks i of course think this it is going to negatively impact the ceiling the absolute ceiling for Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And I do think it brings down Russell Gage a little bit, but I also think Russell Gage being brought down also has to do with Chris Godwin, Mm -hmm. not missing some time. Like we maybe anticipated. So, uh, I mean, I I think Julio could have a, a decent season talking about overall though, like wide receiver five production, not the wide receiver five wide receiver five. Um, yeah, the Bucks they run 11 personnel a lot, a lot. Dan, what are your thoughts here? I mean, can Julio Jones have an impact for himself as a fantasy asset? Or is it mainly going to be like uh, Mitch said, it just kind of kills all the other pieces to an extent? I'm going to condense my thoughts because there's really a lot to unravel. Which you, I know which there you, is. You're, you're breaking it down. We can almost do a half a show on, on the Tampa Bay situation now. Um, to Mitch's point, you know, what happens with that Tampa Bay offense? Um, you know, Mitch mentioned Brady. You, may, you know, he uh, he is definitely the biggest winner, I think, this week. You know, for, hey, whether it's Dynasty or Redraft, like this looks like a Brady year now with all those weapons. But I think it becomes like a DFS lineup. I think we're going to start looking at matchups a little bit more with Tampa Bay maybe than you would some other teams. You know, hey, is it is it a tight end week? Is it a running back week? Is it a, hey, Mike Evans has got a great matchup week. So we're going to look at a little bit of that. And then when you go into individual players, um, you know, starting with the, the lead question before we had the Julio news, you know, we're talking about Godwin's health. 
anything close to week one is great news for Godwin. It's yeah. great news for everybody in, in, in Tampa Bay because I think he makes the offense and everybody better around him. So Here, that's encouraging. Question for you, Dan, while this is on my mind, yep. and I hate myself for even asking this, but sometimes I have to give in. But in the best ball drafts you've been doing in just ballpark, <laughs> where has Chris Godwin been going? Because the expectation was – he was going to miss a few games. So if you don't have it readily available, that's fine. But I haven't, I haven't done any best ball drafts. So I haven't done the, I don't have the exact ADP right in front of me. Yeah. And I can maybe, if we have enough show, I come back to it, but he has been sliding beyond a point of, Hey, if he comes back week one, you, you definitely got some, some value there. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, Chris Godwin and probably all the bucks right now, you know, and ADP was dropping with the weight story, you know, Brady was definitely attainable in Tampa Bay stacks. If you wanted to get him, it's going to be a bit harder right now. And now there's a lot of different ways to, to stack Tampa Bay. So with Godwin coming back, I wasn't really concerned about Russell Gage because I thought, Hey, he has that Antonio Brown, three wide receivers. You know, I, I think they could attack you in a lot of ways, but when Julio signed today, I was like, Oh no, Russell Gage. And I was like, my, my, my deep ocean bottom, Jalen Darden's definitely dead for another year, at least. Um, is, is Tyler Johnson still there? I know that was everybody's sleeper when he came into the league. I don't even think he's, I don't even know if he's with them anymore. I, I thought I read about him being somewhere else. I'm not sure. You'd have to look that one up, but was it uh, that Scotty Miller's still supposed is there. And, but anybody's just extra is just scrap them right now. Just, just completely scrap them. As long as these guys stay, stay healthy, it's Julio, it's Evans, it's Godwin. Johnson is still there. He's still there. Okay. So, but he's dead. He's dead. He's done. He's <laughs> over. Fan, fantasy irrelevant. Uh, just because that says something with, you know, bringing Julio, what they think of all those other receivers that they have, um, they're investing in Julio. And I think it tells us something for next year, too. You know, the chat's been blowing up before today. Hey, what's happening with Will Fuller? What's happening with Julio Jones? What's happening with Cole Beasley? All of a sudden, all the surfaces are kind of stories are surfacing, and here Julio signs today, which kind of tells you how much time an NFL team needs to think. Okay, hey, we could get to Julio ready, no problem. We don't even need to have him necessarily practice the first, you know, couple of days of camp or whatever it may be. They know they can ramp him up in time, and he'll be ready to go. Yeah, but just keep in mind, missed fourteen games over the last two seasons. So, how long until we see this on Twitter, right? So while you guys were talking, I was writing down I was writing down some notes, right? Look, Randy Moss at the age of 30 went ah. and played with Tom Brady. In those three years, he had 210 receptions, 3,700 yards, and 47 touchdowns. Then you have Antonio Brown go in at the age of 32, combining his 32 and 33 years. You know, he had 90 receptions. A thousand yards, eight touchdowns. So I think if anyone projects Julio for anything less than ninety receptions, eleven hundred yards, and fourteen touchdowns, I think they're just doing projections wrong. Let's see. Tom Brady makes everybody better, and he will get the best out of Julio. Julio is going to be. I guarantee you that tweet is going to happen. It's going to happen out there. And he will miss it a little. He'll get dinged here and there, Julio. I'm sure. Like I said, I think it does become a DFS play, but. He'll have his moments. Hold on. I'm doing a, a simple Twitter search here. Moss oh. Julio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. No. Is it on there? Oh, wait, wait. All right. So yeah. uh, I don't even know who this gentleman is. Jacob. 30-year-old wide receivers before joining Tom Brady. <laughs> Randy Moss, Antonio Brown, Julio Jones. 
But then, but then, and this is where he redeems himself. Twenty twenty two Julio is not oh. Antonio Brown or Moss, but almost like it was exactly. Oh man, so close! It's gonna happen though. I have faith. We had the framework there. Oh, we're gonna get those comparisons, of course. But again, this isn't Julio Jones from from twenty 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 nineteen. Mm. You know, or or whenever the last year was that he was uber productive. Like Kev said in the chat, we're not talking about James Robinson before. We're we're talking about him now. And that's the same thing with Julio Jones. I think Russell so. Gage becomes Atlanta Russell Gage now. I think he's the biggest loser. I can you know, it, you yeah. know, Julio doesn't have to do too much at his age because Russell Gage is going to be in there and he'll make some plays. He's a decent receiver, but I think you, t- you temper your expectations now what you're going to get out of Russell Gage. For Gage, we did, and this is very preliminary. This was me getting in there, trying to have an instant reaction. Mitch and I will be discussing behind the scenes. But we have Russell Gage, wide receiver. Keep scrolling. No, no, I'm on the, well, if I was on the right page, it would help. <laughs> wide receiver, 44 on a per-game basis. So, right, like 11.7 points per game. So, replaceable. So, very replaceable. Uh you know, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, I'm not, I'm not going to be one of those people that denies and says, oh, you know, this is actually good for Russell Gage. <laughs> it's going to open the field for him. <laughs> but, yeah. You got to drop him down there. And, and, and we did. But keep in mind, this is a one-year deal. And with Antonio Brown, he got that second year eventually because he was productive and he was on the field. Is Julio Jones going to be productive in the field? That's going to be very telling. And then, you know, is Tom Brady going to be there beyond 2022? We have a lot of question marks there, a lot of questions that still need to be answered. But for Russell Gage, just keep in mind, he's what, 26 years old? Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't a death sentence for Dynasty, but it certainly should and will drive his price down a little bit. And he's going to be probably somebody that I look to load up on a little bit more. Somebody I was really into earlier in the offseason. I took some victory laps and went to Tampa. And now I'm a little hush-hush. I'm a little more quiet, you know? (laughs) So, uh, last two pieces of news. Justin Ross out for the entire season. uh, And then Sammy Watkins on that short-term pup list that I talked about. Oh, and Logan Thomas hitting the pup. Yep, shocking. But you know what? It it confirms my priors, (laughs) and it is Cole Turner season. Get ready! Logan, yeah, he's a little more. Come on, you said pup. He could be back in a week. He could be back any day. So I, Logan Thomas is going to be all right. No, no, it, it confirmed my priors. Come on. Final thoughts. All right. Hopefully, I don't have any uh, slip ups here for the final thoughts. God, I, I lost good. it. I, I lost it. All right, Dan. 166 episodes in. What do you got for our listeners? Any more epi- stories? Any more stories? Episode 166 was fun there. We we, we unraveled a lot. We, we probably could have unraveled more if we weren't keeping our show to, to, to an hour. Um, you know, I saved the story for the opening thoughts. My final thoughts are, you know, I, I had, you know, it's that time of the year. I'm ramping up, getting ready for the for the season and, and all platforms of, of fantasy football that we play. Um, but really dove into the O-line pretty hard last week. 32 teams I, I went through. I'll continue to go through them over camps. And you'll hear me talking about the O-lines a little more in the Discord and on this show. But just quick overview thought. Philadelphia Eagles, wow. I mean, they, they have a powerhouse of an offensive line. I am really – and I, I have so much disdain for the Eagles. It pains me for the say this. But 
if Jalen Hurts could play football, boys, that, that could be a really good football team. Um, the Chiefs' zone line's back. The Bills are deep. They're kind of the obvious ones, but that's very encouraging for those elite quarterbacks. And then on the deep sleeper mode there, man, Mitch's Detroit Lions, yep. the Atlanta Falcons, and the Carolina Panthers are three teams with are kind of interesting to watch with their lines. You know, they could, if Mariota and, and Baker Mayfield have good old lines in front of them, there's some skill guys. You know, and I know Atlanta, we've got some hopes with London and Pitts and that. And, you know, so watch those three teams as kind of sleeper teams that maybe we don't talk about as much. Those old lines look very strong. And then on the concerning side, the Seattle Seahawks and the Chicago Bears, oh my. Like, I, I know we talked about this Carson news, man, but I don't know if they're going to move the ball in Seattle. Those two old lines look really bad to me. And the Steelers are not as improved as I thought. So as much as I love Najee, I, I still believe in the organization, but sell, I'm just, sell, I'm just, sell. I'm trying not to have blinders on there, you know, post Mike Munchak era. Um, I'm really going to be watching them closely in camp and early in the season and, and see how their O-line does, but not as improved as I thought. Mitch. I had a final thought at one point. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. So we talk about this a lot about how during the draft, people just show up. Um, then they disappear um, between like January and April, they're gone. This is the time to where those teams come back and then they look at their team and they're like, oh no, this team <laughs> sucks. And then you get a trade offer like what I got in one of my leagues was they offered me DeAndre Hopkins for my 23 first, my 23 second, and another wide receiver. <laughs> and it's just like, Guys, like I can't even counter this. This is so bad because you are so far off on values. So I, all I'm going to say is expect a lot of those offers over the next couple of weeks while people come back. They're slowly feeling stuff out. Um, don't hammer them because it's going to end up killing your trade negotiations. Sometimes it's easier just to decline, move on, revisit in a week if you end up liking that player they're actually sending you in the first place. They'll, they'll catch up eventually when they realize the values when no yeah. one's biting you. Yeah. One thing that I would look at there, obviously people are looking to make a move, getting rid of a Hopkins or, you know, a player that has that name value that maybe during the 2021 season, certainly their value was higher than it is today. So maybe play that card in reverse. Maybe you have a player that we, we're paying attention every single minute of every single day. And we clearly have seen their fall from grace but maybe it is a player that does have that name value. J.K. Dobbins. Don't you dare. Sorry. Don't Final thought. Dare. My bad. I mean, it could be J.K. Dobbins, though. Come on, J.K. Let's go. Get back in there. All right. Hopefully, everybody enjoyed the show. Make sure you check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Dynasty Theory FF. Remember the Patreon, five bucks a month, 10 bucks for the second tier. All kind of good stuff. Projections, tiers. The patreon discord chat is fantastic uh there we have patrons in the process of creating weird emojis to use and it's so good <laughs> it's disturbing and entertaining and fantastic all rolled up into one so uh for mitch Sorensen, dan lamagna i am john bauer i won't be on next week but these two gentlemen will be bringing you home i i will be um on another vacation a lot of vacations for <laughs> lots of vacations uh but yeah thank you for tuning in we'll catch everybody later peace